Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. This is the second time we've done this bench racing deal. Uh, as I was describing it today to somebody, they kind of asked what it was, and I was like, you know, I think the best way to describe it is, you know, you've got the NBA, NFL, you know, even NASCAR, right? And then after that, you know, they've got Sports Center. They've got kind of a, a media that uh, that kind of caps um, before and just talks about the sport. Well, I think, you know, that's kind of what this is hopefully going to develop into. Um, as everyone who heard the first one, we had, you know, a lot of East Coast guys on for Moab being a West Coast race. I would like to, you know, if this thing could develop into a situation where, We've got West Coast racers on for East Coast events, re, you know, basically handicapping you guys on the East and and vice versa for the West. And I think you know that builds a little bit of a competition, a little bit of camaraderie, and uh, hopefully everyone starts learning and learning who the other uh, competitors are on the other side of the the country racing the same series as you. I did want to bring up you know immediately as we kind of jump into it. I'm going to actually kick over to Chip, and then I'm going to kick over to Shannon for something. But but Chip. So, so Chip and I talked, uh, maybe this was last night, but, um, uh, Chip had the opportunity to, you know, he wasn't racing. He was just hanging out and he got to actually talk to other racers and see what was going on in other people's you know pits when he wasn't as a racer, totally consumed with his own program. Chip, how was that? Sorry, I missed you. I'm having a ride in the bus out here to uh, Kentucky and it switched off my earpods. Well, the, the question I asked was, so last week at Moab, you, uh, you weren't racing, so you had the opportunity to actually mingle and check out other people's efforts and other people's work. How was that? Man, I have to tell you, I haven't done that in a long time, and I have to say it was it was pretty eye-opening and a, and a lot of fun, and it, what it did do is I realized that when we get out there to races, specifically like King of the Hammers, we've got a lot of spectators, and you got other teams walking around and introducing themselves, and I'm going to talk for myself personally, but I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to this. It's like you get very tunnel visioned and you try to accommodate other people and sometimes that can come off the wrong way and might people think might you being an ass or whatever but you're you're trying to concentrate on your race so it's interesting to be the other side and go help out the the wicks family and you know go around and talk to other people like i can sit and talk to nick nick nelson who i never really got to sit and talk to then the the whole jimmy's four by four group i've never really met those guys except for uh, old famous mike stewart it was pretty cool, and one of the things I took away from that was I encouraged people just to, like, go get a beer and try to get out of the, the race out of their head and go talk to other people and fans and try not to focus just on the race because it is much more than that. It absolutely is, and it is. It, it is just like you said. It's hard to do it when you've got your own race going. You're focused on – I mean, we are. We're laser-focused, a bunch of type A personalities, and then uh, if when you get the opportunity to just walk one ten over, one pit stall over, I mean, gosh, I mean – all my best friends in the whole wide world. That's exactly how they came to be those guys, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's how we met. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool just to, to sit back and relax and, you know, walk around without a mission and actually try to go like, okay, I feel like I should be doing something. What can I do to help with the race or, uh, you know, help other people. I jumped in with the Wix guys when they ripped off that knuckle during qualifying. And it was pretty relaxing. I had a good time. Well, and I, I recommend that to other people. 
No, I, absolutely. The other thing I like to recommend is if you do get a break as a competitor, go up to the Ultra 4 trailer and try to get, just get on. Miles, Pam, go meet with them and, and get on with them. Hey, uh, Chip, while I've got you, you were the uh, the competition director, or is that the, the competition review board director at this past event at MOA because you were you're a racer, but you weren't racing. For the people that you know don't necessarily read it online, you know, Walk us through your role and what that role is at every single race, that there will be somebody at every race that has your that wears those shoes. And kind of talk to us about the shoes that you had to fill. Yeah, that was a, that was a new one for me. And, uh, you know, I wasn't racing, so I had, you know, no skin in the game. And there was actually two red cards last week. And, you know, I had never dealt with red cards. And one thing that I learned most importantly to take away from that, if you're going to file a red card – be very specific in what your red card's about, whether it's a short course or, uh, you know, whatever your reasoning is. And it could be for anything. I mean, it's kind of like a lawsuit. You can sue somebody for anything. Um, so that's the first part. The second part is what do you want? What, what, what do you want the outcome to be? What are you trying to achieve? Is it you'd like the person you're uh, having the red card, uh, you're filing the red card uh, against? Do you want them to penalize or do you want a time deduct or whatever you, you know, whatever you want it to be. We were in two different, totally different red cards. The first one was in the UTV class. It was some bumping and just disagreements on each side. And at the end of the day, the guy who filed the red card, he just wanted a time credit. And that's kind of hard to get back. If he would have said, I wanted the guy that I filed this red card for to have a, a time penalty. You know, that's a different story. So that's one thing I learned. And then the, the infamous one, I won't say infamous. It was uh, against Bailey. Looking at what Bailey, you know, he ultimately got DNF for short coursing. And I looked at it and a bunch of other guys looked at it. It was a very minor infraction. If you look at a distance and what the short course was, the bigger issue was, Marcus Gomez was off course, what he thought was off course, which he was, and he got hit. And that situation could have been so much worse than it turned out. You know, I can't say that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have taken, I'd be the first person to say, if I saw that line that Bailey took, I might have taken it thinking I wouldn't get caught. He got caught because he hit Marcos. It was a hard, that was a hard one. It was very black and white, but because it was Bailey and he's my friend and I actually picked him to win. That was a hard, that was a hard pill to swallow for me. Well, I, you know, you and I talked, uh, maybe that was Sunday night about kind of that outcome. You, you know, you called me to walk me through that. And, and then now that yep. I've seen, see video, you know, there wasn't any advantage to it. So I'm not really sure why, you know, if there, there was a little bit of advantage, but it, people would argue that it wasn't a big advantage. Well, that's not the argument anymore. The, that's not the rule book. The rule book is you leave the course, you leave the course. And at that point, that's the point where you left the plane of competition, um, and so if you want to you know, re- resume your race, you would need to return and open back there. So that's, right. that's the thing that's different, right? And that, that's a new rule for this year. I mean, before it was the five times penalty gain. And, you know, Bailey taking that thing, I could see a very minute advantage. And when I say minute, maybe One a tenth second. of a second. Yeah, it, 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 uh, I'd say I'd be shocked not, if it was a second. I, I would say a tenth of a second. Um you know, and you do that eight times, okay? So it's eight tenths of a second. It's not 
a deal breaker. I mean, you can lose all of that with just one break mess up or, or whatever. Um, but you know, the rule was changed and you know, you go out of the course, you got to come back where you come in safely. So, and that happened, uh, at hammers too. Yeah. So as we look forward to, uh, to, uh, to rush and we start talking about Russian, do you know who the competition, uh, review board director is no i don't we'll find out at the driver's meeting won't we uh i bet we will yep <laughs> we will well chip thanks for coming on thanks for giving us a, a little update and man you gotta mute your phone dang that's some noise oh yeah there. i'm in this i'm in this bus so i'll mute it but uh appreciate you bringing me on and you know one thing i also i'd say jt and the guys did everything they could to make sure that those red cards were done correctly thoroughly without prejudice and i, I gotta applaud him for stepping up on that oh, i i really appreciate the the transparency that you lend you you came to the insiders group and wrote up a nice really long you know two paragraphs three paragraphs about what happened and how it happened and why it happened and why the outcome was what it was that that lends so much confidence to the system and the system working yep and i think that that we're gonna see it again and uh, i have faith that it'll be done right well, awesome, Chip. Thanks for coming in. I'm going to kick it back over to Shannon. Shannon, you on? Hey, Wyatt. Okay. You know, as we move away from Moab, definitely congratulations to to Brian Crofts. Absolutely. His first, you know, Ultra Four win there in 4400. Man, he's awesome. Uh, hate to be, you know, initially clouded by the the Bailey judgment, and hopefully these guys are able to get a picture of the podium or whatever it is when they're in San Felipe here in a couple of weeks. But anyway, um, Shannon, we lost Mark Matthews here a few weeks ago, and I know this past week there was uh th- there was some ceremonies and some stuff, some celebrations of life. Can you uh you elaborate on that? Sure. So for those that um, might not be familiar with Mark Matthews, Mark was turtle truck on pirate four by four. And um, Dave Cole probably explained it best when he said there might not have been a king of the hammers if there wasn't a Mark, because I didn't know what GPS stood for when we started all of this. So Mark was the guy in his forerunner that would be out there finding ways to get the various hardest trails at the hammers to connect with each other in such a way that we could create the king of the hammers race course super cool guy um worked quietly in the background most of the time but was usually the first guy on the scene to set up hammer town every year and make sure that course was mapped out as perfectly as it could be um so we had a celebration with his family and his off-road family this weekend out at uh dave's compound in johnson valley which was a perfect way to honor him and spend some time with his family um out there and it was uh we were very i was fortunate i i hit up will gentile with heavy metal concepts he was in moab um asked him i knew he had some footage because um i i knew that he spent a lot longer with everybody he did the origins stuff with when he created that koh origins video and i thought he might have something that would just be a cool way for anybody that wanted to remember him because mark really had a lot of people all over the country that just couldn't make it out you know on a week's notice so will really stepped up for us um especially with all the work he had going on from moab and and put together just a a four minute uh memorial of mark in his own words really so if you haven't had a chance to check it out i'd recommend it um it was a great chance to honor him and uh godspeed turtle truck yeah, absolutely. Huge, huge loss. I know, you know, I heard the stories about, you know, he and Dave would go out and mark course, you know, three, four, five years in advance, like, and have the maps, you know, ready to go. So if you saw him out, if you saw Dave or, or Mark Matthews out 
pre-running or whatever, like you wouldn't want to follow them because it was odds are it wasn't this year's course. It was three years from now's course. So I always got a kick out of that story because he said, you know, I'd heard people would follow, follow them to see where they were going. That came up quite a bit this weekend, or if they caught you following them, they'd purposely take you on a wild goose chase around, around the lake bed for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's comedy. Well, let's, uh, you know, I, I didn't put the disclaimer on this yet, but I will. I think Shannon said it just before we hit record, but we are recording. I'm going to record one hour from uh, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Time. You guys do the math for what time zone that equals for you. Casey Gilbert, that's from 9 to 10 your time okay just uh just for everybody else you can do the math casey needs some help um on that note i'm going to launch into a little bit of rush so we've got rush kentucky this weekend ultra force never raced at rush kentucky rush kentucky i had to look it up i mean it's the battle of the bluegrass but i don't know why i think that's a terrible name shannon i think this is a, a terrible name for a race for the bluegrass to me would be much further west of this area maybe if we had somebody like james Cantrell on who's a kentuckyite he could actually tell us the truth, but this seems like hilly, woody, you know, hill killer stuff. I mean, that's why all the rock bouncers it is a rock bounce event where Ultra Four is running, you know, uh, during the daytime, and then the rock bouncers actually start at like around five thirty. Um, Rush, Kentucky. It's it's all the way in the northeast corner. I mean, the the, the the place is damn near in West Virginia. It's like thirteen miles from West Virginia. It's like thirteen miles from Ohio. It's and it's nasty. Like it is hills and trees. And I was checking out Abe Gonzalez's pictures today from the course, lots of chainsaw action, lots of cutting new trees, cutting new paths by chopping trees down. And the hills look nasty straight up and down. And then I'm going to tell you straight up. I saw miles with a snake, like a huge, huge, huge black snake. He told me he was reaching down to get a, get a log and move it. And this thing just shot out of nowhere and it's like a six foot long black snake that would have been enough to be like i would have loaded my junk back on the trailer and left but that's just me nope ropes we mm. see them all over the place oklahoma had a ton of them let me tell you that we had a pile of them the first year at davis oklahoma so that's just part of uh that's just part of endurance racing not on the west coast yeah. <laughs> well you, you still get them on the west coast you still get the rattlers but uh a little bit more when you had uh East of the Rockies, for sure. And start, you know, knocking over rocks and kicking rocks up. I get it. So uh, so, so some of the talking points I got on this race, man, it's 7,000 acres with over 100 miles of trails. These guys are open seven days a week. Elevation's 2,440 feet. I found that to be an interesting uh, interesting stat. We, I don't, like, I don't know what the elevation is at the Hammers. I got to believe it's like 3,000. I don't know. I, I'm totally guessing here. Um, let's talk about the weather. Man, I tell you, last week and going into this weekend, uh, this past weekend, it looked like the 10 day outlook was beautiful and sunny and gosh, it's going to be sunny there tomorrow and sunny there on race day and sunny there on Sunday, but it rained its butt off there all day today. The ultra four crew themselves didn't get anything done. Um, they got to the course this morning. It was raining. Everything was slick and sloppy. They got, they kind of like stuck a rental car on flat ground. You couldn't walk. I guess it's super slick. The type of dirt it is, I guess it's like a clay when it's wet, it's a uh, super slick. So they called it. They said they're going to go back to the hotel. Then uh, they got out, you know, lunchtime. They said, let's go eat somewhere because uh, it was still raining. And then when I talked to Miles around 5 p.m. Central time, so 6 p.m. his time, they were still there from lunch. So uh, th- that, 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 if that tells you anything. So we'll see what this, what this looks like. I mean, I think be ready for tight woods and mud. You know, bring your galoshes. Uh, if you got a pressure washer, throw it in the trailer. Um, you know, t- Anything, you know, ice scraper to, to just scrape all the mud off the car. 
you know how that goes. You East Coast racers know this, like Blyler, um, and and everything that those guys got out of uh, the Line Mountain races. They they know anyway. Um, eleven mile loop. You guys heard that. They do not know how many laps each class is going to do at this time based on uh, what the course looks like uh, after it maybe has a day to dry out. Um, but even Miles said yesterday before it even rained, the areas that were down in uh, uh, the gullies and in, that were shaded, they were already muddy, and it hadn't rained in quite a while. Uh, yeah, and kind of kind of that's kind of it. Um, on the schedule, man, well, actually, let me back up from there. The live show. Live show is maybe or maybe not a go. We'll we'll see. At the minimum, I think all of us that signed up for the live show got a link this week to get our our free t shirts. Awesome, we Alan did. Johnson. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Everyone doubted that, and then here it is. Uh, Alan came through. I saw Alan on Facebook or Instagram or something. He made a stop in is it Pottersville, Potter something or other, Missouri, to see a Mister Easy Rick who dropped off the radar. So, uh, so Rick thought he could escape all of us and run off and, uh, and hide out in the woods of the Ozark mountains and, uh, and Alan tracked him down. Um, from what I hear on the live show, they're going to try to use Clyde's equipment and, uh, and, you know, Clyde runs the rock bouncer event. They're going to try to use his equipment. Um, but that still leaves really the only stuff being broadcast out will be at the trailer level, which would be at main pit. Um, you know, the, 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 the singular pit, I should say in the course of this race, um, We'll see. They aren't, um, they aren't optimistic on that. So, so hopefully we'll be able to get some information out of them. But I guess cell phone coverage and uh, all coverage in general is just pretty crappy in the area, which that sucks. Um, it does. Been there, done that many a time with whatever cell service we had available to us, though. So, um, it it can be good is if they can get any information out. Um, I, those of us that are watching for home will certainly appreciate that. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. So I've got, you know, course of events, you know, tomorrow is supposed to be registration and some pre-running. Well, and you know, we'll see how that goes with, you know, it is rain there all day. You know, even here on the Gulf Coast, it's rained here all day too. So um, Friday, 2 p.m. mandatory drivers meeting. Man, everybody make it to that. If you are on site, you need to be there, uh, you know, certainly to go over the stuff that Chip and I just talked about with, with just red, cor- red, red card. Um, and certain information, I will tell you some of the things that came out of the Moab event that I found to be very interesting was there were people that believed the course was 50 feet from line of center, Shannon. And during that driver's meeting, JT was very specific that the, the area BFE folks didn't want any new courses cut. So they reduced that to 25 feet either side. And that's actually what caught Bailey. Um, I'm not sure if Bailey knew or didn't know, uh, the, the 50 or the 25, it's not for me to speculate, but, uh, I do know that that equaled, you know, ultimately the rule that he infringed on was the 25 feet rule. So, and that, that was in the driver's meeting. So you got to be there. Um, I mean, it, it could, it could be very consequential, uh, and detrimental to your race if, uh, you miss that driver's meeting. So hopefully everyone listening to this that's going makes it or on West coast events, just realize, a driver's meeting is, you know, quite important. Um, I think one thing that we saw at Moab was a separate race for 4,600. We're not seeing that. We're going to see a UTV race, and then we'll see the limiteds, the EMC race, 4,500, 4,600, 4,800. And then hopefully that equals lunchtime. Lunch, yay! Everybody hanging out, and then uh, then the 4,400s will crank it up after that. Um, And this is the coolest thing. After 4,400 runs... 
and they did this at another race. Maybe it was AOP or Dirty Turtles, one of those. I, I don't even remember now, but Chris May put together a kid's race for UTVs. Like the little kids had the 170s out, and that might have been almost as cool as watching the Class 11s run at KOH. And they're going to do that again. We definitely did that one year at Dirty Turtle, but I think it's been recreated a few times. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think one of Casey's kids gets involved in that, if I'm not mistaken. Casey, is that true? He's probably not even listening anymore. He's on the panel, but... That's because Megan's mad at him. He's supposed to be hacking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, what do you know about the kid race? My kids raced at Dirty Turtle, like Shannon said, and then last year at um, AOP we ran a race, and both my son and my daughter ran. Um, they are doing a kid's race this year, but it's it's quite a bit more strict. Um, the 170s were moving a lot faster than what I think JT and, you know, Ultra Ford expected. So I'm, uh, it's full cage now, window nets, fire suit, Hans device, you know, the whole works um, to run that kids race now. There are a pretty good sized group of kids coming down for it, though, but my kids won't be doing it anymore. Um, just because I don't have Addison's razor ready, you know, and her set up for it. And then, uh, Aiden, we moved up to a 1000. So he's actually, uh, just going to have his car down there, run around on the track. Um, he won't be racing, but, um, we plan to let, start letting him race the razor class here soon. You know, the full size one. Well, if they, if their cars weren't ready, have you talked to my friend, uh, James Kentrell? He's really good at on time in time prepping. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he uh, he won't. He hasn't answered the phone all day today, which means he's in his uh, garage. He doesn't have cell phone service in his garage. So when you, when James won't answer his phone, you know he's in the garage thrashing. Um, I talked to him this morning. He was at the auto parts store buying some stuff, and he said he was up till four o'clock last night trying to get his car ready, and it wasn't close to done yet. God, God bless him. Uh, he'll probably hear this on his drive drive to the track, which is probably like maybe an hour drive for him. It's not that far. Um, before we get into talking about the classes and 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 pre running this race, and actually maybe talking, you know, flashback a little bit. Um, did you you guys all saw the information on uh, Wild West Park closing Wild West Motorsports Park Arena? So that means yeah. Nationals getting punted. Yeah, I saw that. That was that was a shocker for sure this week. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a big shocker. I just, I just don't know where they're going to move to. I mean, I, I know, I know from a driver's perspective, Oklahoma is the no-brainer. Crossbar is the no-brainer from a driver's perspective. But for a spectator's perspective, it's absolutely horrendous. I did reach out to Eric Pender, who was kind of the man on the ground that made Wild West happen, right? And I, he got back to me pretty quickly. It was just a text, and he said. He's he's looking for for something else. So I don't know what's going to come out of that, but he was really kind of you know involved with with creating that course there. So I haven't gotten any more details than that. I told him if there's anything I could do to help, let me know. Um, but it sounds to me like it was a, a business decision because it was owned by a construction company. Um, but that's that's only the little bit that I've heard so far on that. But where we go, that's that's a good question. Um, there was a lot. I mean, we were talking about it in Insiders this week, and. Yeah, I, I get Jonathan's perspective and uh, and those uh, from the East that say it's hard to get to Reno. I get it. Um, and I also understand that it's not quite the same type of race as King of the Hammers at all. It's nothing like King of the Hammers. Um, but man, watching all those 
all those spectators on their feet for an entire day and really getting to watching the Ultra 4 drivers, every class, become rock stars for a day out there was was probably one of the highlights of my career with Ultra 4. Um, and so I would love to see some place that really embraces the Ultra 4 community the way that Reno has. And I don't know what city that is. Um, I'd love, I'd love for it to be somewhere in Oklahoma or maybe Arizona. I know people throughout Laughlin potentially as, as something, but the community really comes together in Reno. So that part's going to be hard to recreate, but I hope they do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, it's the crowd. Um, I'm with Miles and I were talking about this earlier and and JT, I know JT is kind of aware of this because we talked about this, but a few years ago, Dave, Dave asked me some questions about, uh, about, about other tracks, like some ideas and he had said that uh, Worldwide Tech Raceway, which is in St. Louis, it used to be like Gateway or Archway or something, Gateway, Gateway Raceway. NASCAR used to run there, I don't know, 20 years ago. And they had approached Delta 4 about putting a course there. And you could fit, you know, you've got the oval, plus you've got a road course, plus you could shoot out of the, the course. And there was uh, some adjacent land that you could lay a pretty good dirt track out on. And I thought that would be a, you know, cause it's two miles from the, from the arch. So you're basically in downtown St. Louis and that seems to be middle of the country. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get any, no one get their hopes up, but it was just a cool idea that somebody was thinking outside of, you know, us going, you know, to the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, but potentially somewhere very urban and reutilizing a, a, a retired NASCAR track. I thought it was cool. I, it, I think that might be one of the things that people don't realize is I'm going to guess that Dave probably doesn't go more than 24 hours without somebody suggesting land to him somewhere. Um, I know that I would hear about it at least once every three or four days and very rarely had he not heard about it and five others whenever I'd mentioned something that was worthwhile to him. He could, he could really spend every day just going and checking out a piece of land out there, but I'm sure they'll come up with something that makes sense. I, I know they will. You know, send JT. That's that that that's my call. Well, uh, we, as we talked about that man, oh, and he dropped off. Gosh dang it! Uh, Austin Fish Farner was in the was in the crowd, and I was going to call on Austin and and ask him about uh, you know what we've got going on this weekend as well, south of the border with San Felipe. But since since Austin bailed, let's roll into this man. Let's let's talk about Rush. So KOA, I'm sorry, Ultra Four. Ultra Four has never raced at Rush, Kentucky. We've raced other places in Kentucky. I started thinking about it. What other, what other States have we raced both like all ends of the state in? And I can't really, none of them really kind of, uh, you know, hit for me that we've done so many races in the same state, but it's not really an anchor state aside from you can say California. I mean, but that's kind of like the, the, like the no brainer. Right. I mean, what, what was, uh, Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. We we did the old, the the four wheel kind of jamboree. Um, Bill Baird. Yeah, Bill Baird's extravaganza. Gosh, yep, that I was in Sturgis, Kentucky. Sturgis, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then we raced another couple places in Kentucky. Yeah, anyway, Dirty um, Turtle. Yep, yep, and yep. Well, uh, let's go into it. So th- this weekend's uh, event, we'll see. You know, with the mud, I mean, everybody better get better be prepared to be dirty. Um, I, I I was just having flashbacks of this. There's like a Shannon Campbell picture from he won the race and he's got his helmet off and and you can barely even you can't you, all you see is his eyes because the rest of him he's just like he's just covered in mud. But uh, 
but you know, I guess, uh, looking at UTV, I'm going through the UTV list. Um, God, I mean, I don't know any of these guys. I mean, Cantrell, and we talked about him. Uh, I think a lot of these guys, Adam Kennett's on here. I, I know Adam Kennett cause he, he actually won a UTV, uh, recently, um, and then got another one. And then he had trouble with it at KOH as I recall. But I don't know anyone else. I mean, anyone in the crowd want to handicap the UTV race for us real you quick? You know what? Anthony Yount is asking to come up and speak right now, and he happens to race UTV. Yep. I'm, I'm going to bring him up here. And I think I saw Jonathan take off his mute for a second there. Yeah, why, why Anthony's coming up here, uh, I, I wish they would list uh, uh, Can-Am versus Polaris because I would basically pick any Can-Am driver that's on here. Uh, sorry, Anthony and everybody else, but if I was going to pick somebody, you, you got to go with Jamie McCoy, I think. Uh, him and a Can-Am on the East. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who can run with him. What if, what if it was a single-seater Polaris? Hey, I actually signed up. Yeah, I know you did, Anthony. All right, so we got Anthony Young on. All right, Anthony, talk to us about this race, man. What are y'all thinking? Who who are the contenders? Who Who are you worried about? Uh, definitely Jamie McCoy, uh, you know, East coast champion from the last time, always a contender. He had a little bad luck at hammers at his first trip out, but, uh, East coast racing is what he does. So he's definitely on the podium unless something catastrophic happens. Cantrell, I don't know. He's up in the air if he gets his car done. Uh, reason he didn't go to King of Hammers so he could have time to finish the car we're a couple months past hammers and he still ain't got a car. So who knows about him? The doors um, will fall off, right? He'll hit a jump, a door will fall off. And then history is made. Or actually he got smart. He got smart. There's no doors on a new car. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'd like to, I'd like to put myself up there in the top five somewhere. Uh, rush is a pretty good all around course. Um, We'll be able to race it in the daylight. Last time we raced, it was at night. Gets a little confusing at night there. Uh, it was real dusty last time, so I'm actually, for one, happy to see some rain come in a couple days before the race. That should help all the racing out. Oh, I got well, you I now. I got someone, you now. Uh, that might be able to surprise someone, too, is uh, his first race was King of the Hammers, and I just know of him because he's from Michigan. One of the Michigan guys here is Jacob Tuma's got a new Polaris he built, and the thing puts down crazy horsepower, and he's a bit of a wheel man, so it wouldn't surprise me to see someone new like him, you know, in these tight woods races uh, on the podium. That, that's 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 some good insight, good inside information, since I, I I actually have his name circled because I did see that he was from Michigan. Uh, I was going to ask about uh, ask you about him. Um, well, I mean. Mark Welch won at Moab. We haven't, you know, Mark isn't here. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the West coast guys certainly didn't travel to the East coast to go get muddy. And then a lot of your, uh, again, um, a lot of your, your kind of named, uh, factory drivers, they're all racing at the Texplex race this weekend, South of, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. So you got the, the Miller boys and, and company, um, staying down there which it which i get it i i get that's that's their bread and butter but man i'd love to see them do more than um more than just koh as, as usual um emc race Y'all, nope I, I was gonna throw Go another on. name out there real quick uh dustin robbins he's he's kind of in and out sometimes uh he's kind of a checkers or wreckers and i, I believe he did switch to can am so 
curious to see what he can pull off. And then you got Papa Pose actually racing uh, Jamie McCoy's old car. So that's a that's a good proven rig. So there's two more names. And that car's you know fully fully shaken down. And Dustin's an Alabama guy, right? Isn't that where I know him from? Yeah, he's a southerner. Gotcha. Well, that that's that's awesome, man. Slowly as this program gets further on, it's forcing me to get more and more acclimated to the breadth of the drivers. I know Miles and I have had this conversation many times because he's going through the same thing as the field. The fields continue to expand with new blood coming in, and now he's full time, so he has more time to dedicate to uh, to making sure he has information on the, all these guys. I've got, you know, just like most of y'all, I got family and kids and all that stuff. Uh, plus a job. Who knew? But EMC talking about these guys. Dan Fresh is the guy to beat, even though Dan's not racing here. Uh, he he won KOH, he won at Moab, and he just keeps putting it down on the forty five hundred. I picked, you know, I put Justin Reese up there in Moab for the forty six hundred, and he ended up pulling it off. You know, he's just always a contender in uh, the MC race. And then Cody Young won the forty eight hundred class, but total EMCs for this race, I'm counting sixteen currently. In in forty five hundred, you know you got Cody St Clair, Dwayne Garrettson, Jesse Oliver, and John Grounds. On any given day, any of those guys can win. I'm gonna. I I think Dwayne Garrettson is probably gonna be the guy to the guy to beat. Dwayne is a he's a mountain he's man. A beast. He's a beast. Mm-hmm. He's from those arcs, and they're you know very similar hills, very similar terrain. He's a tr- he's a tree racer, tight course racer. I man, I think that's kind of the guy. Uh, grounds, I think Grounds is racing in both. I think he's racing in uh, forty five hundred and forty four hundred. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's in both. I could be wrong. Um, forty six hundred. Anthony Vinoy, Drew Harper, John Schaefer, King Carter, Tyler Haggard. John Schaefer's in the audience right Let's now. Let's talk to Schaefer. Get him up here again. I love Schaefer. Hey, John. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're there, we're gonna invite you up to speak. I did notice you were in the audience here. Hey guys, Mr. Schaefer, let's go talk to us about it. Forty six hundred. Well, we're in the RV. We got three hundred miles to go. So, so you're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Dr- drive so far is good. You haven't lost any tires. Uh, as far as I can tell, unless we're dragging something, but we're still rolling. Well, we do have Casey Gilbert up here, so Casey can rub off on you, and you can change one here in the next hour. So we'll keep that luck going for you. Yeah, well, you can keep all those blown tires. So, so, you know, we had you on for the last, uh, for the first bench race session, you know, since KOH, uh, you, you didn't race Moab. So you got to talk about 4,600 there, um, talking about a West coast deal. So now East coast based on your class, based on the MC, what are you thinking? What's going on in your head from a strategy standpoint? And now knowing that it's rained all day on course. Well, I mean, this whole time I was thinking we were racing the same place we did last year. And now after listening to the show, it's rush and i'm like oh that's a i've never been there before so i don't really know what to expect hopefully it'll dry out won't be too bad i mean a few mud holes here and there and my car does really good in the mud so i'm not really worried about it i absolutely love what you just said that you didn't know where you were going you knew you were going to kentucky thank god we had this conversation otherwise you wouldn't have gone to the wrong court wrong track wrong course all that well, I mean, I had the coordinates are put in. I'm going to rush, but I was, for some reason, I was picturing the same place we raced last year, but it don't matter. We'll just put the helmet on and we'll go. Yeah, there you go. I like that attitude. Uh, where, where do you where do you put yourself? You put yourself on the podium, of course. I mean, every time we go, I, I want, you know, first place. That's my goal. I don't want to just finish. I always want to be on the podium. 
in 4600 i mean it's really you have to be able to finish the race you know you can't break anything you can't wipe out you know you can get a finish you're going to be on the podium here i hope so we'll, we'll see how many we'll see how many laps you guys have to do one two ten i mean 11 mile race I, I would i would expect it to be five to six to seven maybe but you know i mean if it's sloppy soupy muddy and each lap has taken everybody 45 minutes uh, and lots of winching i can see that get shortened and shortened very quickly and a lot of times JT will kind of play it by ear and kind of see what our pace is and then just kind of figure it out. He's good at that. He's very good at that. Well, awesome. Well, well, good luck to you. Safe drive. Um, hopefully we didn't jinx you on this, on the trailer tires, but a uh, safe drive as you guys get into Russia late tonight. And then, um, and then, yeah, get on, get on insiders and let us know uh, course conditions when you get there tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks guys. All right. We'll catch you there, John. Good luck. Good luck. You know, that's awesome that John is two weeks in a row, had him queue in and, and join us. I uh, love that guy already. Talking about 4,800, I mean, we have King Sandbagger with us. Actually, to be honest, right here on the panel, the two largest sandbaggers of the field in 4,800 are both on the panel, Jonathan Terhoon and Casey Gilbert. What are you guys, what are you guys thinking about this race at this point, Jonathan? Uh, I, I keep laughing that you keep talking about this rain and this mud, and I'm like, what'd you expect? It's an East coast race. Uh, I, I think, I think a dry race is just as odd for us as it is on a wet race on the West coast. So it's going to be exactly what we think it is. It's going to be a little soupy. It's going to be some Hills and some rocks and, and, and there's going to be trees and they're, they're going to jump out in front of me and I'll, I'll probably hit one or two and hopefully I can defeat the trees, but uh, I'm more worried about the trees than I am the mud. Who before every race is like, is it like you guys play like paper, rock, scissors or shortest, you know, straw draw to go cut the sandbags out of Casey's car? Bailey Cole used to be in charge of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who's doing that now that, that, that he moved up. This is, th- these are some shoes that need to be filled. Casey, now that you got your car together, um, and after the, the spectacular show that you put on a, at KOH and qualifying, what, uh, what are you thinking about your race out here t- this weekend? I'm not, I'm not expecting that much mud, to be honest with you. In those hills, like you said earlier, I talked to James. He said rush dries up real quick. And uh, like Anthony was saying earlier, it turns into a dust bowl. But I just saw on uh, on uh, social media less than an hour or so ago that both the Fultz boys are coming too. So those guys. Uh, That's great. Yeah, they don't, they don't care about equipment and they don't care about wrecking. So what? Uh, you got to run a pretty good pace to keep up with those two animals. And then I see George Schooley. He's going to be there with uh, his Miller car, right? Yeah. Uh, how many Miller chassis will be there this weekend? All of them? Well, you've got four from the Blylers. You? Yeah. Just, Eric himself. Uh, Eric's coming. Uh, John Grounds in his new car. The Blylers. What, five or six of them, I guess? We'll see. I, I, I you know, sadly, you know, uh, this is going to sound um, like I'm pandering, but Casey, you're, you're, you're my pick, even though I know you're freaking sandbagger in that class. We've got 20, 20 minutes, T minus 20 minutes, T minus 19 minutes. So let's, let's roll through uh 4,400 real quick. Casey, while I got you on here, man, uh, talking about uh, the 4,400 race, this is going to be fun, right? You know, we just came off of uh, uh, this event where Bailey Cole led Bailey Cole finished First, he was physically the first finisher on time. He 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 won, but when it came back, uh, you know, he actually had a, an issue on course that that actually you know took him 
out of the race uh, and put him down to a well, he had DNF back at lap five. But that, you know, Brian Crofts ends up winning the thing. Well, Bailey Cole will be there this weekend. Bailey Cole is, you know, slated to run. He is in an IFS car. This is East Coast with a lot of trees. And you've got guys like Miller and you guys got, you've got Blyler's there. And I think, you know, with Josh Blyler, the tree running machine that he is, short, tight courses, line mountain winning, I just feel in, in the back of my mind that the, it's really hard to beat Blyler in a backyard like this. Is that fair? Oh, I think it's fair too. And it's like, you got Jason Shear and Bailey coming from the East coast or, you know, West coast, but I think their cars are too big to run over here and it's, it's hard to compete. Not that I'm, you know, uh, swinging on their nuts or anything, but it's hard to compete with the Miller cars and, you know, between Miller and the Blylers, the way they prep their cars, um, those cars show up brand new every race and they're, they're ready to push them as hard as they need to push. It's, it's hard to keep up with those guys in the woods. Yeah. They just walk away from you. Just, yeah. just walk away. Like, I mean, even just Josh and Eric in in rocks, the, they read terrain very, very, very well. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, even rusty in these woods races, I don't, I don't think there's many guys faster than rusty Blyler in a woods course. No, he's not a slouch. Nope. Happy uh, Pappy is always in it to win it. Mm-hmm. He is. And then I know we've got him in, in the crowd here to, tonight. He's you know been on here before. Uh, Nate Jesse, Nate, Nate in uh, his bomber car. Nate's a East Coast guy, and he knows the terrain, and he knows, and he's gotten faster and faster and faster and faster, so fast that he ends up wadding it up out at uh, KOH this year and knocking him and uh, his co-driver's noggin, um, Brant Irwin. Brant's actually here too, tonight, too. That's pretty awesome. I, you know, I'm pulling for them. I know when they, uh, they had a very, very good finish at nationals, which was also a little bit of a, of a muddy race. So, you know, all the cars came in pre- pretty dirty after that. And, uh, I, I know they performed very well there. Jason Shearer, you can't ever count Jason Shearer out though. I, I mean, e- even, even if it is Titan woods, that guy finds a way to be at the front of the pack at all times. He's pretty quick for sure. I, I'm reminded of something Lauren said one of the first times he went back east, though. He's like, I was too big, too wide, too long. I was just too everything for this course. And he just, they're just like, I don't even know what's going on. And I'm, I'm thinking about the size of both Bailey and Jason's cars. And I think I agree with Casey on that. I think they're, it's tight. And those are some big cars. I said, those guys were carrying around chainsaws today, widening course. That's, it, the, the, you know, and, and they don't have a, they don't have a Tom ways with them. Right. And Tom is normally the guy that's like walking, walking the course with his chainsaw dropping stuff. That or a Gomez. I, I, my dad's first race he ever went to was two years ago at uh dirty turtle. And we get down in there, we're pre-running and my dad's just mesmerized by all this crap going on. And there's a Gomez car hanging in a tree. And I don't remember if it was Marcos or JP or whoever it was, but he's, we come around the corner and there's this little, you know, Mexican guy screaming that he needs a chainsaw to get his damn car out of the tree. So <laughs> it just, uh, those West coast guys, I mean, they attack these East coast courses, I think too hard with these big cars and they're going to get tangled up. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got guys like they're local, you know, like Cody Hardesty, you know, I mean, that's local, local. I think that's as local as you get, right. That's Louisville. Yeah. I, I don't see any reason why Cody won't be, I, I mean, his, his car's a little bit older, but man, if you, if you know that course and you know what to expect up there, then I, I see Cody being in there. 
uh, you know, certainly is a, based on his car. I think he's up there. Another guy that's in there that, you know, we talk about with regularity, but we never see him at races is Jay Calloway. So I guess Jay's going to race, giving you a hard time, Jay. Um, I definitely <laughs> see your TikTok and your Instagram post are on point. Um, let's get your, uh, your racing on point, man. I want to see a podium out of you, man. You know, back it up. And then maybe Casey, you might be the one to know this, or actually probably Terhune would be the next best. Uh, I see Stan, Stan, the man Haynes is, uh, on the reg- register list. Is Stan racing or is he, uh, proxy or is he having someone else drive his car yeah he's a he's racing for himself in that uh that wide open design chassis so it'll be uh, again a good woods car and guy with experience how how does stand now did we talk we talked about this he's 67 65 i think that's impressive and no matter how you look at it that 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 is impressive and then as as y'all know we we had chip on a few minutes ago with uh with rufus racing out of texas and and zandy willems zandy is uh another one of the rufus drivers um it's cool to have them there i think chip's chiming in right now chip your background noise is insanely too much i'm sorry i'll i'll go mute i'll just go in there did uh we're not there's no pre-running tomorrow and if i wouldn't go in there to the gates tonight people are all stuck in there so we're gonna find a couple miles out and stop for the night so any of the guys driving you might want to take the same advice i got from jt excellent excellent well if anyone listening tonight by, by, by the time the rest of the crowd hears this tomorrow it'll be way too late <laughs> so I'll, I'll add to that you know chip uh, chip and i actually talked or text i don't remember which one it was yesterday uh, before they were they left texas this morning but fedex delivered uh his shocks like last night like late last night and so that they were another one of those that we're planning to make the race and then uh we're just so worried about their equipment getting back after getting refreshed after koh so insanity as we go through it you know i like to do this part this is where i i I pass the hat around and ask everyone to handicap their guys man and so at this point gotta ask john i'm gonna you know john schaefer handicap the uh the emc in the 4400 race for us who you think who you think you're gonna your favorites are anthony you still on here oh yeah all right. Who wins? Who, in your opinion, wins the 4400 race? Uh, I'll give you a podium. Let's go with uh, Levi Shirley in first place, uh, Eric Miller in second, Josh Butler in third. All right, man. I like those picks. All right, Terhune, who you got? Oh, it, man, it's a toss of a coin between Miller and Blyler. Uh, I, 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 I guess it depends who qualifies behind the other one. Cause I feel like those two are going to get back in their traditional cat and mouse game and whoever qualifies in second is going to just be on the bumper and end up winning on corrected times. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess maybe Blyler will take the poll. So I'm going to go with Miller to win, but I'm going to throw a Cody Hardesty in there to wrap out the podium. I like it. I like it. Chip, what's yours? What's your handicap, man? Well, I think Bailey's going to be back here with a mission with something to prove. And even though he's going to have a big wide card, he uh, he can drive across water and mud and rocks and whatever. So I think he's going to be up there. Uh, Jason, of course, can't count out the Blylers or the Miller guys either. I mean, this is their backyard. And then uh, old Zandy, he's bringing the 43s just in case. We're shooting for the podium too, but it could be anybody's game. All right. Kevin Jones, we haven't had you talk yet. And after we do the handicapping, I want to ask you some questions too. But Kevin, what's your handicap? Yeah, right on. Um, I've got Blyler first, Bailey Cole in second, uh, just like Chip, something to prove. And then uh, I'm going Kevin Porterfield in third. Ooh, with, with uh, that, that's a wide-open design car as well. That's right. That's a good call. All right, Shannon Welch, 
Miss Shannon, what do you got? I'm going with Rusty ends up on the podium. He's going to be up there for sure. And I actually like Porterfield as well. And I'm not ruling out Eric Miller. I'm just not doing it. Mm-mm. <laughs> you don't want to jinx him? All right, Casey. <laughs> who, who do you got here, Case? I got to find the unmute button. I'm going with Rusty Blyler. Eric Miller and Cody Harvesty. Man, you he just yeah, I'm I'm kind of I, I'm kind of there as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit. I think it's uh Rusty Blyler, Nate Jesse, and then after that I'm it's somewhere I'm gonna put it. It's either Eric Miller or Josh Blyler for third for me. Um, sorry Chip, didn't, didn't pick you. I heard somebody mention Levi. And I don't see him on the list, so I will tell you that if he was on this list, whenever it's wet and muddy, I wouldn't rule him out. But I don't see him, and that's Derek West. I've never seen anybody who who can handle rocks and mud the way Derek West does. But I don't see him on the list. But I never count him out if there's going to be mud. So if he happens to show up at the last minute, that's my vote. <laughs> Absolutely, he was always the guy to got to beat in XRA, and then even in Ultra Four, anything on the on the East Coast, great guy. I actually talked to him a few weeks ago. He you know he has a solar install business and he has been just utterly swamped from what, what I gathered from him. Well, I wanted to get, um, one more thing in here. I know, uh, uh, it, Shannon, will you, uh, call Todd Stoffer up and, and let him up? Uh, and I have, he wants to talk. Yep. I'm going to have him talk after talking to, uh, Kevin Jones here. Okay. Yep. Mr. Ultra four Jones. So how was Moab? You didn't do well. No, uh, it was good to get that one out of the way. I've been having too good a luck so far in Ultra Four, so uh, felt good to get that one off my back a little bit. And and how do you feel about miss you know just racing West Coast and missing out on this uh, this mud action that that we keep talking about? I am a true California guy. I don't feel like I'm missing the mud at all on this one, to be honest. So I asked you to handicap the forty four hundred race. But uh, but go ahead and, and handicap your class since you know some of these guys. Yeah, so i i got to i got uh, to put Casey Gilbert on top in forty eight hundred. Then I'm kind of rooting for uh, Sean Ratsky, and then uh, Brian Trimpey just came off a, a KOH finish, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping he does pretty good in forty eight hundred. I can see that. Where did where did Trimpey finish? I I had notes here somewhere, but I do not have them in front of me. He got. He got twenty second at KOH, but um, like I said, it was it was his first time ever out there. So, which that was exactly what it was. It's he finished, <laughs> and there's so many people that have never finished that race. So uh, that that says a ton. Uh, you want me to roll through forty five and forty six too while I'm at it? Yeah, absolutely. I know you. Okay. I, I know you've got notes. I know how you work. <laughs> I like I like the uh, details. Um, forty five hundred. I got Jesse Oliver. Uh, Dwayne Garrettson and then uh, John Grounds just really likes to get third third place. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put John in third, even though I'd like to see him do a little better. Forty six hundred, yeah, forty six hundred. I think it's John Schaefer all day as long as uh, everything goes his way. Then the rest of the field's kind of a toss up, but I'm a I'm a Ken Carter fan. We pitted next to each other at at Hammers, so I'm hoping Ken has a good good showing. Well, I think John John will be happy to hear that. And yeah, I agree on Ken. Ken's a Ken's a solid choice there. Anthony Vinoy as well. Thank you so much for coming on here, uh, uh, Mr. Ultra Four Jones, and uh, giving us your handicap of the EMC from the West Coast perspective of what you're missing out on. Yeah, right on. It's my pleasure. Uh, Thanks. So I had Shannon bring up uh, uh, Todd Stoffer. Todd, 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 you know, runs a custom splice, you know, there in Lawrence, Kansas, and Todd's been a, a partner of the Talent Tank since you know day one. Love this guy and everything he's doing from the recovery gear standpoint. But Todd is stepping up for and has stepped up for to help 
some of the issues uh, and, and some of the, the shortcomings of um, injuries that happened to uh, one of our racers a couple of weeks ago with uh, West Keene and the, the the fire that he survived and kind of what he's going through. Todd, will you uh, chime in with what you've got going? I had to find the mute button like everybody else. You know, I don't use this app near enough yet. Uh, so we uh, we threw up the idea of uh, doing a West Keene fundraiser shirt, threw it up originally, figured I'd sell 50 or maybe 100 shirts, and uh, we're over – 1,050. We've shipped just a little over a 1,000 of the shirts already. Um, and now we're also doing stickers. The, the, the stickers is a really nice design. You can find them on our website at customsplice.com. All the, all the profits from that are going directly to his family. Uh, we are going to have to do a third run of shirts already. We did a, a first run before I headed out to an event last week. And then while I was at the event, I had to order more shirts because we'd sold more than I had bought. So it's, it's really exciting to see that's the support good. from all over the nation. And we have a couple international orders even, so that's really cool to see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're just trying to benefit the family and help them through a tough time. And proceeds going back to uh, West Keene. Proceeds are going back to his medical fund, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Todd, thank you for putting that on. And you can go find those at uh, customsplice.com. Appreciate you. Thank you. Man, well, uh, Shannon, on that note, uh, I am, I'm wrapped up. Any of the rest of you guys here in the crowd uh, have, have anything you'd like to put in? Or, uh, I've or got Rachel one go. real quick. Uh, we didn't talk about Kyle and the EV going south of the border for the weekend. Boston Kyle. Well, that was in my that was in my notes to talk about when I saw fish. So I started writing down notes I wanted to talk about fish because, you know, I'm a Lordstown fan. I mean, I'm an EV truck fan to begin with. I'd, I'd really like one. But um, so, yeah, Boston Kyle versus in his, you know, what do we want to say? $25,000 forerunner that does have a history of winning its class in Baja. It does mm-hmm. versus a 400 to $500,000 Brenthel full Brenthel race truck that has basically had all of the Lordstown gear slapped on it. And what's cool about the Lordstown and, and people didn't, didn't get this when I was you know pumped, pumped up about the Lordstown they don't have like a central motor. They have hub motors. There's four of them on each corner. So it's a, it's a four wheel drive. It's an all wheel drive. And if you lose one, you're still three wheel drive at the corners. And so like the rear, like the rear axle, it's a solid axle, but it's like a trailer axle. It's just a tube with 150 horsepower motors on each quarter. So it's a 600 horsepower, you know, as programmed from the factory, 600 horsepower, 150 at each wheel. Now they can turn that up. And you could go all the way to like, I want to say they were talking about like maybe like 900 total horsepower, like bumping it way up. But then of course your battery life goes way down, but that's a lot of issues versus you've got, you know, a lot of things that could go wrong on this brand new truck versus Boston Kyle, who just finished, you know, the EV race, uh, King of Hammers this year and his truck is going down there. I mean, this is David versus Goliath, right? It absolutely is, though. I, from what I understand, I mean, I, I, you've seen the posts, right? They've got both leaf springs and coilovers on it now. That's new. Um, and they're using a new battery setup than what they used at King of the Hammers. So they aren't, not everything on it is is battle proven at this point. So it's going to be interesting. They've got a good group of them, though. Um, dust junkies are down there. They, they've got people who know Baja, but, you know, Brenthel's Brenthel. They know Baja, too. So it, it should be pretty interesting to see how this plays out this weekend absolutely so we're rolling into like the last two minutes of the show before my alarm goes off here and then we can start the after hours uh, discussion but uh roger norman and i were going back and forth on linkedin about this exact effort and the the, the ev trucks and 
and the Brentel boys, you know, Jonathan Jordan were on the 2008, you know, Norman Motorsports team when Roger won uh, the Baja 1000. How crazy is that? Now Norman runs the whole organization. I, th- I found that to be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, the Brentel guys cool. put out put out good stuff. Wow. We just burned through an hour, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for another bench race session. Handicapping, we'll see where this goes. Uh, a little bit like a sports center, but for Ultra 4, maybe, or, or worse, I don't know. what. Pardon the interruption, maybe it's like that, only I'm not, not as good a host as the ESPN guys. But, man, everyone, Shannon, thank you for uh, setting up the room. Shannon, thank you for getting us all going. Everyone that participated in the panel, thank you so much. Next time, let's do it again. Uh, the next race we have coming up, we will be doing San Felipe. So bench racing San Felipe, that should be fun. If you're an East Coast racer and you're listening in and you want to get in on uh, on talking about the West Coast guys, if you're not going to be at San Felipe, hit me up and, uh, and I'll get you scheduled on the panel and we'll have some discussion. Guys, and there's the alarm. All right, that's it. One hour. Hey, appreciate everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into The Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at The Talent Tank or our website, thetalenttank.com.